This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast, a.k.a. Oh my pod, look what the cat dragged in. Man, we're going to have some fun today. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by Chris Sinzak, and this is pretty awesome, man. Really awesome. Definitely is, and uh, this show would not exist if it wasn't for the existence of the album and the band that we're covering today. I agree. I mean, we're pretty close at the same age, you know, and and your story with Poison is a lot like mine, you know. It's this album that opened up this whole entire world for us, you know. Absolutely, and uh, getting to sit across from Ricky Rocket and basically tell him how, you know, how we got into it, and then... uh, I'm sure we fanboyed out a little bit on this We did a little bit, so yeah, yeah, go ahead and get ready to bitch online about it, because you will, but... uh, a little bit that's okay we don't care but yes and uh expecting a lot of new listeners for this episode uh, is because i'm 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 thinking we'll get some quotes picked up some places and uh welcome to the show uh we've done six years of this and more to come and we've got a lot in the works but um yeah we'll hope you'll check out the whole show and check out other episodes but yeah it's going to be uh it's a good story and it's it's a cool breakdown of the behind the scenes making of the album right as we like to do with our albums unleashed and that's what you're getting today on look what the cat dragged in getting a a lot of a lot of uh, positive stuff about the Albums Unleashed series in general. Like yeah. people really love this series. We really love this series. We do. It's one of the most fun things we do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the things I always look forward to because every time we do an Albums Unleashed, much like today, it's always with somebody that we admire and we're talking about music that we love. And so it's easy for us and it's a lot of fun. And you're gonna you guys get to enjoy it right along with us. Absolutely. Right here today. Do have a little bit of... uh, Yeah, I got to know, man. I got to know. What's the update on the big expo? Okay, so a lot of the other shows have already jumped in feet first with this, and uh, it's kind of our turn now. Um, I'm helping organize this thing. It's the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. So if you're like a fan of... If you're a fan of rock podcasting, obviously you are. If you're listening to this, there's a lot of great shows out there about a lot of different rock subjects and bands. And uh, Aaron and I have been friends with a lot of them for years. And, and it's one of those things where like, we always wonder, like, it'd be cool if we all got to hang out sometime. And, right. And then, uh, you know, BJ Cramp from Rock and Roll came to me a few a couple of months ago now and, and said, you know, what, what if we crowdfunded the meeting? And it's like, well, that's cool. And like, but we're in Nashville and like, you know, I'd like to have something where the public could get something out of this too. So like, what if we had a, a record show along with it? And then, right. and then I started thinking, well, we've had some really cool people that live here on the show. So what yeah. if we had signings and meet and greets? So then it sort of just turned into an expo. And now it's just a big rock and roll party. Right. And that's what we're planning for. And we're crowdfunding the whole thing. Cause like, this is a first time DIY event. This has never been done before right. for, for rock podcast. And, and uh, you know, you you guys that listen to this show every week, and there's thousands of you, and there's thousands of you that listen to all these other shows, and a number of you listen to all of our shows. But, so, you know, I'm not one to grovel, but we're going to do it from here on out. Um, <laughs> really, we, uh, we're crowdfunding the whole thing, and uh, there was a great response to uh, the venue funding we did first, which was $1,500, yeah. and, and that got funded in like 26 hours. It was just insane. Lockdown. But, in, um, in our name, we're going to be there. That's right. And uh, it may be just you and me the way it's looking. No, but. there's there, there, <laughs> there's a handful of shows that are that are going to come down on their own dime. So we, yeah. we'll we'll have a few of us. So there'll there. be a few of us for sure. Some can't. Some can't. But if you want to help make it happen, where more of them can come in, 
we need your help to fund the rest of this thing. And, and, the, and the overall total goal is $10,000. And I know that sounds crazy, but there's a lot of you that listen to these shows and you don't, and you, and even if you can only donate a dollar, $5, it all is going to add up. Right. And, um, and we, I mean, we really think this can happen. We think, uh, there's a you know, you guys listen to the show week after week and there's people like, Oh, is there anything I can do? You guys provide me hours of entertainment and everything. This is how you can basically repay us if you've never contributed anything to the Patreon or, right. or bought a T-shirt or anything like that. The the here and the now August that's coming, we need funding for this event. It's and a Decibel Geek Rockathon. That's right, and uh, and uh, and I want to also say that the challenge has been thrown down by Rock and Metal Combat because those guys, their listeners, just they showed up in droves and they pretty yeah. much funded half the venue cost alone that wow. one show. That's awesome. So. I'll, I'm willing to take a challenge and Are say... Are you guys going to let their listeners yeah. show up our listeners? We're the host show. We should be doing better than everyone. So we, we need to we need to show them that we can you know throw money at this too. Right. So so go to the GoFundMe thing. It, and you, if you haven't heard from now, you'll, you'll see the link in the show notes and you'll see it all over it, uh, social media. But go there and donate the amount that you want to donate. And when you do in the comment section, put like Decibel Geek or DBG, just something to denote that, that the money came from you. Because we we're gonna have a friendly challenge here with, right. with rock and metal combat. Yeah. I think we can do every bit as good as they did. I know we can. And, I know uh, we can. So yeah. So I wanna I wanna see you guys really turn out because I think it, this is gonna be really cool. And you know how much do you know how much podcast material will come out of this convention if it if it turns out the way we want it to? There's gonna be a lot of crossbreeding going on. That's right between shows. And there's going to be some pretty awesome content that comes out of that, you know. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, it's coming up. We already got the date set up and we everything, do. which is what, August, August 26th. 26th. It's a Saturday. So be thinking about wanting to come to town for this. Yeah, we want to see you guys here. And if you live anywhere in the Mid-South area and you can make it make the drive in, come out and party with us because it's going to be fun. Because it's going to be the first time ever that this has been done. And ever. you can be there. And if I'm not mistaken, I read there's going to be event t-shirts printed yes. up even that yeah. you can get in on. Yeah, and, and I, can, I can announce that. Um, if you if you contribute at least $20 on the GoFundMe, you're automatically granted admission and you get in an hour early, earlier than the public does. Right on. So you'll get first pick of vinyl too because like, there's going to be a lot of vinyl dealers at this. Yeah. And if you're People a record collector, are, hey, you they, want that hour. Here, here's the thing, you know, the, the vendors that are coming out selling their rockwares have been told just that, you know, yeah. leave home the Patsy Cline, leave home the yeah. Shania Twain. Just the hard rock and just metal. Just bring your best hard rock and metal. And now for weeks leading up to this, I'm sure these guys are going to be stocking up and digging through their yeah. collections, trying to put together the prime treasure mm-hmm. that they can set up for rock fans to enjoy. So Absolutely. there's no telling what kind of cool stuff we're all going to be able to find at this thing. You guys know that we're Kiss fans and Kiss his mantra always was we're going to be the band that we've always wanted to see on stage yeah. i'm trying to put together the convention that i always wanted to attend right on yeah exactly and that's how this is working and not only oh totally man yeah. if this if i knew nothing about this and this just came up in the the nashville scene or whatever i tell the wife we are going to this it's going to be fun and yeah. and also uh so 20 dollars gets you in an hour early if you do 35 or more you get in an hour early and you get a t-shirt that will be available at the event awesome and it's gonna have the big logo on it and everything and uh it's it's really cool and uh, you can wear it you can take you can it around it. and have us all sign it whatever whatever you want to do. do you can have uh, ian and ralph spit on it it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> or do other while, bo- while or, you're wearing you know, it or other bodily functions depending on how much you love their show but um <laughs> but the but those guys they've really thrown down the gauntlet so you know challenge accepted let's let's do this you know let, let's let's show that we can uh, out donate that show and uh make this th- this damn thing a success and 
even if you can't afford it, spread the word. Share this right. shit all over the place. I, I'm not all about spamming, but for this I am because, it, guys, it's going to take every one of us to make this happen. Right, and here's the other thing, too. Even if you can't attend, you can donate and know that you're helping a really worthy cause here because we're trying to do something special that's never been done before. And, yeah. hey, who knows? If this becomes successful and somebody sees it and says, you know what? We should be doing these all over the country. Mm-hmm. That means you never know. We might be showing up to do live decibel geeks in your town. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Would it be fun? Yeah. It'd be awesome. And I will go ahead and, and preemin- preeminently, is that a word, uh, announce a couple of guests that uh, schedule cr- schedules permitting, of course, because this is months down the road, but they, they are planning to be there. <laughs> Michael Wagner, the producer, is planning to be there. And you he can will be pick, doing. You can find all kinds of his albums at this thing for him to autograph That's true. for you. And he's. Uh, I'm trying to put together a producers panel, and get a number of rock producers oh, together, yeah. and, and sit and talk. And then I heard also a little of the inside on that, and it's the idea. It should be is fun, freaking amazing. And then uh, Anthony Corder from Tora Tora is interested, and he's going to be showing up. Very cool. And uh, a hot band out of Nashville that's really making a name for themselves, The Tip. They are probably going to be coming in, in there also. That's Maybe awesome. do a little bit of acustic performance. Right on. We featured the tip on the show before and got a really good response to it. They're a great young band, good up and coming hard rockers. We yeah. like that. That's so, good. So yeah, all the stuff go to or you go to Nashville Rock in the letter N pod expo.com and that that has the the perks list. And we just recently started doing perks for the each show and there's different levels of donation and you get really cool stuff out of it. Like uh, you get you could for a certain amount of money on each of these shows, you can get a guest hosting spot or right. uh you can or Michael Butler will leave you an answering machine message that's one of his that's awesome um and uh but the for rock and roll geek show i can't believe he's gonna come i mean that dude's like one of my early influences so um podcast has it going on covers and fires got an offer and we are putting ours together as we speak and that'll be launching this week and there's some really cool collectible stuff that we're going to be offering and i'm offering something that's kiss related that is uh incredibly hard to find super amazing kiss collectible collectible with a k a huge letter k this thing that chris has got sitting here next to me I'm being so gentle with it while I'm looking at right. it because it's very, very rare. It's the holster to Jean's love gun. No, I'm just kidding. And it can be yours. Um, but no, it's uh, it's so cool. It's illegal. Um, but you'll find out why. Yeah. But uh, but that uh, it is. But we can give it away for a donation as a gift. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of cool stuff. We'll be taking it's pictures a, it's tonight. It's not a kiss bong. No, we're, <laughs> we're keeping that for ourselves. But uh, a lot of cool stuff. We'll take pictures and we'll uh, do a little video and everything. And you guys will see it this week. But uh, of course, you know, a lot of perks coming for Decibel Geek. But yeah, go to Nashville Rock, the letter N Pod Expo, and uh, get in on it, guys. Donate to the GoFundMe. Help us out. Yeah, because we want to have a good time with you and we want to have a good time with our podcasting friends. And Absolutely. we want to set a precedent and let people know hey, Rock and roll is alive and well. It's doing good. And there's a lot of people that are still supporting it. This is a great way to do it. Speaking of rock and roll, we got to get to it, man. I can wait no longer. We got to take care of some business and then get to the albums unleashed with Ricky Rocket. Here's the first item of business to take care of right here. Five stars right there. Yes, it's an iTunes review. Comes to us from Big C80. And it goes a little something like this. I discovered this podcast doing a general hard rock and metal search, and after a couple of episodes, I was on board entirely. The year in review shows, as well as their weekly mention of Kiss, these guys are entertaining as hell. Rock on. Very cool. Short, sweet, to the point. We love it. 
Thank you so much for leaving that for us. We love those five-star iTunes reviews. Mm -hmm. Keep them coming. You guys are making me feel good. You're putting me on top of the world. And uh, our other favorite people, the Geeks of the Week. If if you're new to the show, you want to be a Geek of the Week, simple. Just uh, share on Facebook or retweet on Twitter the link to this album's Unleashed with Ricky Rocket. I think I'm going to be reading a few names next week. Uh, Geeks of the Week this week are... Jason Seth, Mark Alden Taylor, Jeffrey Mendenhall, and Thomas Mukaji, Andrew Kiss, The Riff of the Day, Gino Ames, Otto Erling Gregerson, Ian Wiley from Rock and Metal Combat, Kenneth Roy, Killing Grace, Mike Stewart, Mike Grabowski, Matt Ashcraft, Derek Novak, Martin Winham, Sean Cullum, Aaron Baker, Brad Schick, Cobras and Fire, Andrew Jacobs, Anthony Britt, Scott Harding, Greg McGlone, Rock and Ron Runyon, Cal Hens, Brant Cattell, Hoops, Wayne Cross, Rob Webb, Todd Cunningham, Eric Moore, Cool World, James Renan Dunn, Carlos Cisco, Adam Cox, Chad Grant, Joe Lascon, Mikhail Burrell, Shane Abear, Brent Walter, Brent Tebbets, Joey Van Cherry, Baco, Stephen Atkinson, Tom Smoker, Ernesto Aguiar, The Rockin' Donkey, Rich, Richard Strick, Stritch, Doug the Devil, Music Mags and Wax, Graham Spark, James McElhenney, Christopher Stokes, David Glenn, and the Mooger Fooger. Very nice. Very good. YouTube can become a Geek of the Week. All you got to do is reshare it, retweet it, all that good stuff. Help us get the word out on the streets about what we got going on here at Decibel Geek. We love you and appreciate you for doing it. All right. That was a long intro, guys, and we thank you for being patient. You ready? Yes. Let's talk to Ricky Rocket about Look What the Cat Dragged In. I'm serious, man. I'm gonna get a couple of them. You can just mount these, and it like has a Go- GoPro clip. Yeah. You can put them on your drums, and it sounds like, you know, I mean, That's their awesome. sound is really good. So. Nice. <clears throat> so I don't know if management told you, but what we kind of wanted to do with you, um, we do a series of shows called Albums Unleashed, where basically you pick a song, break it down with the person that was involved in the album, talk about the songs and okay. the recording process and all that. We thought we would do that for Look What the Cat Dragged In, if you're interested. Okay. Okay. So. Did you see a long time ago? I posted the picture of me with the, the red Ludwig kit that I played on in the studio and look at the cat. Uh-huh. It was Herman Rarebell's kit. No nice. Days. Yeah. How did you wind up with that? Um, the producer was uh, worked with them. Yeah. And uh, he hated my kit. That and, was Rick um, Browd. Rick Browdy. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So how how did the kit play compared to the one you had? I you know. I thought it was not so wonderful. Oh, really? It was huge fucking sizes, and it was hard to move the air and really make it, you know, in the studio, bigger sizes do not necessarily sound better. Right. right? You know, yeah. smaller, tighter drums just just sound, they speak better. And that you know? seems to be more what you like, like that I've noticed over the years, is more compact drums, you don't go for the big... I have a big kit this year for the Poison Tour. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Right yes, on. I do. Yeah, I just had to bust it out so okay yeah awesome so but yeah i mean because i was trying to get used to doing these one-offs man you try to have a big kit it just ain't gonna fucking happen right dragging it around yeah you don't know what size stage you're on yeah right oh yeah five piece kit okay easy you know what i mean so i just got used to that and it's kind of basic rock and roll right so i was going to show you this i don't know if you've seen this in a while not in a while but i do have a copy of it believe it or not all right just fanboy confession time Sight for sorry when i was 11 12 well 12 12 or 13 around 80 early 87 i saw the talk dirty to me video had to have been the either the day it came out or the second day it was out 
because it was the talk on the school bus. Yeah, that shit changed my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You gotta see this band. Boy, and one of my friends thought your name was Potion. He was like, you gotta see this band Potion. So I'm watching for a while. I'm watching. (laughs) It just doesn't have the bite. Yeah, so I'm going on TV. I'm watching for this cool band called Potion, and then I see the the video coming. I'm like, it's not Potion, it's Poison. But, uh,. I f- you guys were the first rock band that I actually really became a diehard fan of. Yeah, me too. At age 12. Oh, and They're going to be bringing some water. And that video, that video was a big thing. And then, of course, that summer was a big deal. And we'll talk about that. But when this came out, it was like, I bet, I, I bet I've watched this thing over 150 times. You know who edited this? No. Brett and I. Yeah? Oh, really? Yeah. We had no idea what we were doing. We went in a, a TV station that did editing and sat for the whole day. It just needed to be done. Yeah. And nobody was doing it, and we didn't have much of a budget for things yet right. at that time. You know, we were still figuring all that. Video was, you know, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, big producers did video. You sure, know what I mean? Right. It was like, sure. we were like, hey, we can do this. Like, fuck, yeah, cut right there. Do a... F- Oh, that fade thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fade. You know, I mean, you know, so we kind of learned on this. Yeah, you know? so so any friends that came over, they, they had to watch this. Okay. Whether they wanted to or not. Um, but yeah, and also because it had all the MTV videos, because back then you had to wait around to see the videos. Yeah. So I had this, like, I can watch them whenever I want. So thank you for that. I'll, I want to get you to sign up for these. Yeah, same thing here. You know, I remember being, what, junior high, man, and I was a KISS fan. I was a little kid that was allowed to listen to Kiss for some reason. And, you know, that was it for me. That was the be-all, end-all. Yeah, I only yeah. knew Kiss. I only knew Kiss. And it was because I had cool aunts and uncles that would introduce this kind of music to me. But for me, Poison was the first band, and I know you can relate to this, mm-hmm. that was something that I found that was mine that I would go to the Pomida right. and buy a cassette tape of. And same thing, you know, yep. junior high, kids are starting to talk about Poison, and I go and check it out, and I'm like, Fuck yeah, you know, this is amazing. You know, this is this is what, you know, took me from only knowing Kiss and only loving Kiss and nothing else to taking me to say, okay, you know, there's a whole lot of other stuff out there now. But Poison was totally the breakthrough band for me to be able to oh, say, right I'm going to find this happen. kind of stuff for myself. Are you so from Wisconsin? I am from yeah, Wisconsin. Okay. You yeah. can hear it as You board. can tell? Yeah. Gosh darn it, don't you know? <laughs> so, I got uh, my beer, where's my bra, where's my cheese? Yeah. <laughs> so we like to be a little educational on the show, too. So uh, the album was released May 23rd and 86 on Enigma. We're, you guys recorded this at Music Grinder Studios in Hollywood in March right, of which that which is year. gone. Yeah. And... Uh, Rick Browdy, as you said, was the producer. Yeah. Why, why was he chosen, or did the record company choose him? Uh, CC had some tie-in with him. Okay. And uh, there was a band that uh, we liked that he produced. I'm trying to think of who it was now. Was it Kansas? No. No. He did no. Rat. He did Rat? Out of the Cellar. No. No, he didn't. Rick Browdy did not do no, that. No, I'm thinking that of somebody was, else. That was... Uh, um, or was that the Bo, guy that Bo did, Hill? Uh, Bo Hill. Did okay, that. I, mean, yeah. I just got my people confused. Which we met with Bo Hill. I know Rick Browdy did Ted, Later, Ted Nugent the, stuff in the seventies. Yeah, he may have. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. But uh, there, there was one particular record we liked, and we, he was affordable, and mm-hmm. it, you know, I mean, we didn't have much money to, to work with, and, right? And he was willing to do it. And he was a Nazi in there. I mean, he really was. Yeah. I mean, it was you know, and uh, when we recorded Talk Dirty Me, we actually had kicked him out by then. Oh, he, really? He, we did not part happily. Oh, so it was a no. lot of butting heads. 
Yeah. Talk Dirty Me was recorded twice. It was really stiff the way he wanted it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, we're like, that. we just don't. So Jim Faraci was the one. You're thinking Jim Faraci because he of. was on He was the engineer. Engineer, yes. And right. so we recorded Talk Dirty Me with just him. Oh, I got you. Okay. And Look Where the Cat Dragged In was recorded like, like we wrote it like almost on the spot. Really? And, yeah. So these weren't songs that you guys had been out playing live for a while? Talk or Dirty was. Yeah. yeah. Talk Dirty to Me was. And CeCe but, brought but, that to but, the but band. But Cat Dragged In wasn't. Right. All right. Now when CeCe auditioned, he had Talk Dirty to Me, right? He did. It was a different feel. It was a different... Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say it was a different song, but it, 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 it would be totally unrecognizable. Yeah. But it didn't sound the same well and a listener I, I kind of teased that we were going to talk to you about this record tonight and on Facebook and he sent me a link to a YouTube video of CeCe's band Screaming Mimi's playing uh-huh. the song right and it was much more Ramones-ish like right, a lot yeah. more just chaotic sounding right, than what right. you guys did yeah, yeah. Um, had you ever heard that I did I've yeah. heard it before okay. yeah it's been a hot minute but right yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, we're talking over 30 years this year actually now um, wow the album peaked at number three on the U.S. Billboard 200 on May 23rd, 1987. You guys were only trailing behind U2, The Joshua Tree, and Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet. That's freaking awesome. And you were yeah. ahead of the Beastie Boys License to Ill album. That's freaking crazy, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Interesting time capsule with those four. Yeah. Because I remember all four very clearly. Sure. Um, the record was described by Brett as a glorified demo. Um, he said it was recorded, and it was recorded, and you guys recorded in 12 days. Yeah. That's an insane, you know, quick amount of time to right. put a record out. Why so fast? Is just that all you could afford? No money, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, that's literally... They were that good. I mean, and we just figured it was just going to be an Enigma record that would just get us to the next step. Right. We thought there'd just be another record, you know yeah. what I mean? And that would be the one that would work for us. We okay. had no idea that this that record would, would blow, blow up, up the way it did, yeah. Because you What's that? When you overproduce something, what happens to it? Yeah, I know. Well, the thing is, what translated is that we're like, <clears throat> we're not going to be able to do this record in such a way that it is polished, right. okay? And most of the 80s records were very polished at that time. So we're like, you know, let's just, you know, let's go for like that Van Halen thing where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it just sounds like they had a party and recorded it, you yeah. know what I mean? That's going to be our best option. Yeah. Because if we sit here and try to fucking layer tracks and do this grand production, we don't have the budget or any, or even the, I don't want to say the know-how, but we weren't, those kind of players we right. were we wrote our songs in a garage or a, in a rehearsal and we were like a garage band right, right. literally yeah. you know we'd set up like we were playing a fucking show and it's like yeah I got a riff I got this I got that, you know and we just play until it gelled you right. know what I mean kind of like the Stones you know that's sure. how they were and um, uh, and so I mean that's that's how it went with us. Yeah, and, supposed and to do anything. We stuck more with than that. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we stuck with that recipe. We was we're still formula. the same way. Right, because yeah. that's the kind of band you guys were. You know, yeah. you were a garage band. You know, we're just a straight up hard rock band, with you know, of course, the image that goes along with right. it. But when it comes to the music, I mean, straightforward rock and roll. That's what this first album's all about, man. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love thank it. you. Well, and to, to go back a little bit in time. You guys came out from Pennsylvania. Well, you, Bobby, and, and Brett, with Matt Smith at the time, yeah. who was the guitar player. Did he just 
he just said, I've had enough, I've got to get out of here. I mean, before CC came in. He, he got, his girlfriend came out, and she got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And Oh, that changes. That'll do know. it. And uh, he just felt like he was doing it. And he had, you know, he didn't hang out. Yeah. You know, we were all going out and partying and mm-hmm. hanging out with girls and everything. He just didn't really do any of it. Yeah. He always stayed Stay back out. at the apartment and chilled out. Right. He, he's a good guy. I mean, uh, sure. In fact, I talked to him not too long ago, mm-hmm. um, and uh, his guitar tech I'm really good friends with. He comes out from Jersey and stays with me. Oh, and we really? go to Dodgers games and shit. Oh, cool. He's a Dodgers fan. I am not. You're not? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, Phillies guys. Oh, yeah. Well, um, uh, but anyway, so, um, you know, uh, it, it, I, I think he had just had enough. Yeah. You know? Um, I gotta ask about the audition process a little bit with uh, you know the rumor. Well, it's kind of confirmed that Slash was one of the people that auditioned. He was. What he do was. you remember about his audition? Well, it was, it was more than you know Slash. We had known, and because uh, um, uh, he was in Hollywood Rose, right. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so Brett and I liked him, and, and we all liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came and worked on some songs with us, and then but we continued to audition people, yeah. even though he was a front runner. Right. And uh, one guy that had played with uh, Brad Whitford's other band, um, that audition, um, you know, we, we had like, we wanted like an Aerosmithy kind of, we mm-hmm. didn't want like a hot shot, you know, like Ingve yeah. guy. We didn't right. want that. Right. We wanted like a, a rock East Coast guy, yeah. you know, and and, uh, um, and then CC audition. And right. he just made more sense than Slash did. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it was a tough decision because mm-hmm. we all liked Slash. Slash was really pissed off about it. Oh, too. really? Yeah. 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 He was pissed. He's like, what the fuck, you guys? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and, and so there was that rivalry between Guns N' Roses oh, sure. and Poison because of that. Oh, I think so. Yeah, 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 fed into it, yeah. Um, and, and that's long gone. You sure. Know, I see yeah. Slash and we're totally cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, or I haven't seen Axel in fucking 15 years most people haven't but I've seen the other guys you know and again you know no problem right so CC brought Talk Dirty to me and and then you know there's a the famous tension between Brett and CC I mean was that evident from the very beginning no no Uh, it just took time for that to to develop uh yes I mean I think we've all had our Mm run-ins you know what I mean and uh um I'm a little more easygoing. I've always been a peacekeeper. Right. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I mean, you combine uh, success and drugs and uh, pressure and all sorts of things, yeah. and the lid can come off sure. in a minute. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, you just take a road trip with some friends sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and how you get on each other's nerves. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're in each other's space all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And one person does stuff that just annoys you. It's a little shit. Right. You know what I mean? And you'll hear something about it later and go, really? They fucking were fighting over that shit? Right. It's like, it's like, you know, look at these things in jail. When people go to jail. And they'll similar. fucking beat the fuck out of each sure. other over a peanut butter and jelly Absolutely. sandwich. Fucking, you know, fucking... What do you call it? Shank them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know. Well, it's being just, on a tour bus can be very similar. Yeah. You, I, sure, you all I, I wanted together. to shank everybody in this <laughs> 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 We 
again. So not shag. Together. I'll not tell you shag. Yeah. Shank. Okay. Yeah, let's be clear. <laughs> oh, oh no, we don't want to start that rumor. <laughs> well, there was some pictures of you back in the day that would make us think. Well, we were looking. Well, we were looking. Thing, we were looking at the album cover earlier and like, wow, man. Like, man, his eyeliner's better than mine. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had a makeup artist, yeah. Athena. Tommy Lee's sister. Oh, she did the makeup on the first Athena. record. Yeah. Right, no, no kidding. We didn't have a makeup she was artist. Fourteen, <laughs> probably. You guys were beautiful. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, they airbrushed the fuck out of us. Old school airbrush. I mean, yeah. not Photoshop. Right. Like, a yeah, fucking guy sat there and did that shit. You know. I'll and what forget. it was was Cece had a lot of pock marks. Okay? Yeah. Now, this is yeah, a truth. Right. Sure. Yes, we had makeup, but. He had like these, so we tried to cover, the lighting was harsh, you know, uh -huh. and we, the photographer wasn't amazing. The back cover guy was Scarpati. He's really good. He looks yeah. um, good. I don't even remember who did the front anymore. Somebody, a staff guy for like a yeah. day or something. Yeah, just a guy on yeah. staff. Yeah. Yeah. So they airbrushed Cece, and once they did that, the rest of us didn't match. Right. So they'd do, so they'd do everybody. You know what I mean? So then it was like, we're like, whoa, that's fucking, we don't yeah, have time to change it. You know, yeah, we would like one to do a different cover. So we you guys were taken aback by yourselves. A little bit. Yeah. We're like, ah, fuck it. You know, fuck everybody. You know, let's just, you know. Yeah. It's okay for the New York Dolls. Yeah, if it worked for David Joe, it's going to work for me, right? Right. You know, so. Those guys were an influence on you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always the, the, when I listen to this record in hindsight now that I've gotten more into rock history because at the time you guys were it for me at the time so but I hear Aerosmith definitely in some of the songs I hear the New York Dolls of course and always in the Kiss. in the image and then Kiss also some T Rex here and there Van Halen yeah, yeah. Van Halen with a Van Halen attitude basically right. like you had the West Coast attitude Unskinny Bob's got almost Leonard Skinner if you really listen to some of the the way it's fingered. Huh, I didn't think about yeah. it that way. But that, yeah, yeah, I can that see does that. Make Poor sense. Boy Blues and things like Poor that. Boy, right, yeah. A little bit of a southern rock thing to it. So Cool. You'd never think it. Uh, to, to talk about the cover, it's often compared to Shout at the Devil and also to the Beatles' Let It Be. Did any of those records have an influence on the design of the album cover? Or um, no, not yeah. really. Um, yeah, the Let It Be thing is, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, we, You know, we've always, kind of like Kiss, you know, there's four members in this band. Right. And, and Personalities, too. Yeah, and we wanted it to, to, that to show through. So all of us were important. It right. was a band, you know what right. I mean? And uh, so that's what we were trying to highlight mm -hmm. on the on the front of that record. Yeah. Just, I, I don't remember exactly why it yeah. wound up designed the way it was, but right. but we wanted the four of us on it, and a group photo just didn't work Yeah. quite right, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and so, you know, we just wound up with that. I, You know, it's it's been a while, <laughs> and I'm just trying to remember. I mean, yeah. the, you know, the art department, you know, things were harder to do back then. I oh, have yeah. the original separations by oh, the do? way from that record wow. yeah yeah where they went to print with it i don't know how i wound up with it hmm. but i just i have it well, that's so. cool nice that's yeah because cool. it's an iconic album cover now and i'll never forget when i bought the cassette my mom was like oh what'd you get and i showed it to her she's like oh these are some pretty ladies and i said those are dudes <laughs> <laughs> damn it <laughs> I don't think my parents understood. <laughs> well, I know, when I think of my Neither did mine. Yeah. Poor mother, my bringing my my husband home for the first time and her going, she's a lesbian. Cause oh, because my first husband was a singer in the Harlots. Right. Oh, I got gotcha. you. So. 
Well, I remember. So what the, did your parents think of that down. album cover when you first brought it back to them? When they saw like the image, the things I don't you think, guys listen, were doing. My dad was a, in the Marine Corps, okay, and he, right? and he was uh, groomed to be a drill instructor when he broke his back. Okay, uh-huh. this band's great, by the way. Yeah. Fucking red wine. Red wine. Oh, there yeah, we played, played them on the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, great. Yeah, we did a f- fresh blood episode a while back. So I was the kid that lived, you know, down the street. If I go, you know, to the bus stop in the morning, mm-hmm. you got in trouble last night, huh? Yeah, why'd you go by my house? No, we heard him from here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Ruled wow. with an iron fist. So, but for some reason, my dad didn't really, you know, he he, he liked that I was in a band. He liked all oh, that. Good. He played trumpet, right you know, and so, and, you know, so, yeah, it was, you know. Well, that's good. My to sister introduced me to the Beatles and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, I got you, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's a giant leap to go from PA to, to LA and to, oh, yeah. we're, we're going to give everything up and try this. Yeah. Was I've scary? only ever lived two places there in California. Yeah, that had to have been a scary experience. Big time. I yeah. was really scared. Because I got along with, I, I I mean, I lived in the same house until I was 22 years old. Yeah. Boom, you're out on your own. And all of a sudden, bam, I'm in a fucking one bedroom and fucking the hardcore part of Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, you know, the first week we're seeing people get their asses kicked out front and shit. Oh, wow. You know, I remember Matt and I, this guy, this uh, pimp was literally smacking the shit out of his hoe, okay? Mm-hmm. Across the street, we went down the steps of the, uh, we lived on like the eighth floor, all the way down. I had a fucking pearl drum cymbal stand. Yeah. Went down. I'm like, let's just fuck this motherfucker up. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. He went down. He, fucking guy comes around with a knife this big and we're like maybe we shouldn't get <laughs> you know I was like you know you I mean it was like you weren't doing martial arts yet no, no. <laughs> so it was like you know I was just kind of crazy out here Pennsylvania I mean, so. chivalry don't slide over here yeah yeah, wow. yeah we, we were like a gang it's like when one of us went all of us went it was the way we did it yeah you know what I mean it was the way we survived so yeah and there were some real rough seedy parts of, of Hollywood it still is still, still is yeah yeah I lived yeah. in West Hollywood yeah. like right on the borderline Still some, like, They've gentrified a lot of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's got, but there's then it's other parts. They've got those hotels slash apartment right. buildings, the transients live in. Yeah, no, they're, downtown LA is getting better, but then they're just pushing people further. Yeah, so when you get into that area, I mean, the homeless people are not like, hey, can I have a buck? They're like, hey, man, like right. they touch you and fucking get in your shit. <laughs> I had this this chick, the artist that lives downtown. Somebody broke in her car and shit in her backseat. What? Dang. It's not funny, but it's funny. I'm like, fuck, man, just throw the fucking seat away. I mean, what are you wow. going to do? You know? Okay. Yeah, I'm fucking disgusted. Somebody, that, that's as bold but as in it Atlanta, a few years ago, somebody shit on our fucking cable, the, uh, the snake cable what? that goes from the front of house all the way to the stage. Yeah, they're like wrapping up. Somebody's like, and this guy's sort of going, <laughs> fucking crew beat the shit out of the What guy. kind of message are you Again? sending to him? Yeah. Yeah. It's not funny. What a thing funny. to do. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Like, Just like the bathroom's in the corner, bud. Weird shit happens in rock. <laughs> Kim Fowley told me, he goes, people do shit around rock that they never do in their regular life. Oh, I believe that. I've, yeah. I've found that out to be Kim true. Kim Fowley included, I'm sure. I mean, that guy was a character. Mm. <laughs> so, well, let's get into the songs a little bit here. Okay. So, it opens up with Cry Tough, and of course, you're the first thing heard on the album. Yeah. 
inspiration. Was that a like a Bebine Baby inspiration? Definitely. And there's a lot of songs that have that in it, yeah. by the way. That beat. That's I mean, just the one that immediately comes to mind. It does, because that, that was the production. right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, we uh, believe it or not, I mean, truth be told, Cece and I thought about remaking that at oh, one really? point. And we were playing, and he's playing something else, and he's tuning, and I'm like, just do that. Like, fuck, let's do our own. Let's not do that. Yeah. But let's keep that. That beat's bitching. And I changed a little bit, and it was like, man, it just feels better like that. You know what I mean? And so we kept that and then totally wrote a different song. But right. uh, Cry Tough, the inspiration was we're living in a warehouse. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like, fuck, you know, what the hell are we doing here? Is this really going to work? I mean, we're in this predominantly black neighborhood you know uh, just going like every day it was like survival pretty yeah. much and uh, you know so I mean that's what we wrote it about yeah it's um, it sounds like almost a motivational message to yourselves The, re- the, the day I knew that that was really worth that motivation was yeah. a girl came up on the bus and said, will you sign my yearbook? Mm-hmm. We used the lyrics for Cry Tough throughout the senior edition. Oh, that's oh, cool. Wow. And I was like, how fucking cool is that? Forever it's yeah. in their right. history. I mean, yeah. That's like huge, huge. Isn't that like one of the best payoffs of, of being a musician that's known and your music gets known? Yeah. Is like, yeah, I'm sure the song meant a lot to you guys personally when you wrote yeah. it. But then to have someone we from were a whole bummed that it walk of life say, wow, look at this. We were know? bummed that it wasn't a hit. It should have been a hit. You know, it just, I mean, we put it out. That was our first single and it just yeah. didn't do anything. And like, I didn't see the video until after Talk Dirty to me because then, you know, MTV started spinning it more often. Right, right. Because they were capitalizing on the success. But I'm guessing the video was filmed on the Sunset Strip. There's a lot yes. of outdoor scenes in the yeah. like a, taking at dusk. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So yeah. What, on top of the Capitol yeah. building. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that on top of the Capitol yeah. building? Okay. The flame thing, cool. which was Cremora. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right Cremora will catch fire. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So was that not what? every kind of creamer, just Cremora. Was that a long day of shooting? Oh, huge. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a lot. I think there's there's live scenes in the video too of uh, you guys in a club. Do you remember which club? The that Palace. Was? That's the pa- Perkins mm-hmm. Palace. Yeah. And uh, basically, your audience and friends and family yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Or, it was a it was a, it was a regular night. Like we we filmed during the day, mm-hmm. like all the close up stuff, and then we brought in the audience, and then we played a show. Yeah. And they got some of that, and then we stopped and said, "Listen, we're shooting a video, so we're gonna go to track." Yeah. So we're going to fake it up here for a minute and just rock along and enjoy yourselves. And then we're going to play it for real. Right. And then we're going to finish our concert. So it was like we were just transparent about everything. Right. You know, and uh, that's how we've always done it. We were one of the first bands. We were the first band to demand on a show on MTV that we would not go to track. Oh, okay. And the second band to do it was Gene Loves Jezebel. They went, if Poison's doing it, we're doing it. We don't right. want to go to track either. Did you get a lot of and, resistance uh, for that? Uh, it was. It was yeah. a whole thing. Managers came in. We're like, no, we're not fucking going to track. We're not fucking Cindy Lauper here. You know right. what I mean? Is that mostly I mean, a timing issue? I mean, because I always wonder why they, why so much resistance on a band actually playing live. 
because it doesn't sound good typically, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I, I guess mean, it's honestly, work to make it's a stereo fucking feed, and they're done. Yeah. With the, with a band, it's like twelve mics on the drums, and I mean, right. it's a yeah. lot of shit. So it's just easier for them to have you just it is. lip sync it. So then uh, that goes into I Want Action. Who, whose idea was doing the intro acapella? Um, God, I wish I remember. Um, was it written that, that answer. way? Like when it was written, no. did it start that way? No, it wasn't. That was a studio thing. That's what I had a feeling. Yeah, about. yeah, and I don't remember. I probably Jim Faraci was really big on vocal stuff, uh-huh. uh, and I'm guessing it may have been his idea. Yeah. That's a guess because right. I really don't remember. Right. I want action tonight. Satisfaction. All night. Was it originally written with a shuffle beat? Was that yes. like from the get-go? Yeah. Okay. Because that was pretty. I have more of a swing time. to my playing right. than what that's. That's why I don't love some of the '80s records. Is uh-huh. a lot of the ghost notes and stuff get buried, and you know, yeah. and it feels very machine. And I'm not that kind of a player. Right. You know, I'm more free flow kind of. Yeah, everyone died. was into the robo drums back in those days. It was. Hell, it even was. Judas Priest did a ram it down, was it pretty much a drum machine the whole record? Yeah. yeah. They just always wanted me to just nail it, you know? It's yeah. like, you know, we'll deal with the dynamics. It's like, that's not how I grew up playing. Well, like, why the am singer I here? sings, I come down, we hit the chorus, I lay on top of the beat, you know, it goes to the verse, I go behind the beat, you know? I mean, right. it's just, you know, that's. And so I had to go against all those things. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, so some of that drumming, I think, uh, Flesh and Blood yeah. was, a, to me, was uh, a much more uh, in, indicative of how I actually That's a great play. Record. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was a Bruce Fairburn thing. I mean, oh, he, yeah. you know, he, he was like, his whole thing was we rehearse the shit out of it, but you're only getting three takes in the yeah. studio. Right. And if you're blowing it, we come back to it the next day, but we're not going to beat it to death ever. That's, That's a good not idea. my thing. Yeah. And uh, and I, I mean, he was really tough in pre-production. But this album, this take album, after we take just after had, take. yeah. Well, do you do a ton? Not of takes? too much. We didn't have a whole lot of time to, to yeah, do it. Yeah, uh, Number one, bad boy, which we'll get to. Yeah. I'll tell you when we get to. Yeah. It, okay. But, All right. Um, where it goes to the the bass and drum breakdown part, and I want action. Was that originally a part of the song? It was. Okay. It was, because we always had a breakdown where Brett would talk, and, you know, that was part of our thing. I was going to ask if the talking part on that was ad-libbed or if he had already come up with the line. I think he tried a few things, you know what I mean? And then it finally, something kind of worked, you know what I mean? I don't know if there's tapes out there of him saying other stuff. Yeah, oh, there's, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. That's the stuff fans want to hear, though. Right. Like the right. You know, yeah, all the tapes, whatever, yeah. you know. Um, and then that goes into I Won't Forget You, which is the big, the big power ballad of the album. Uh, who's the song about? That was about our friends and families that we left back in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. So that that's right. what, not about a person Not necessarily a love song. Or... Right.
were in love but me. I had like two different girlfriends I was seeing, one in Maryland and one in PA, and I was like hadn't really connected that much, so I didn't really care that much. Everyone's like hugging and crying when we went to leave. It's like, see ya. I was like, yeah, I know what's waiting for me on the West Coast. Yeah. It's going to be better than this shit. So that's why, the song, <laughs> that's why it's not called I Won't Forget Both of You? <laughs> no, I love it. I love East Coast girls. It's just that, you know, there, there wasn't... Yeah, I was just not, I wasn't in love with anybody, so I was like, fun awaits me out there, yeah. you know what I mean? I was right. That's cool. And nice right. weather. Yeah, yes. <laughs> the video for this song was a big part of my childhood at the time, because I, I remember love, loving watching the, the Texas Jam footage of you guys. And, and right. The, at the Cotton Bowl, I think. Huge crowd. Huge crowd, and, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I was early on in my KISS fandom at the time, and I see the little clip of Paul Stanley on stage with you guys. I mean, right, right. And I know most of you grew up KISS fans, so that he wanted to produce. Crazy. He wanted to produce our record. Yeah. So he came out, played a song with us, we went and had a meeting with him, and uh, <laughs> spent a little time, and we just decided uh, that he wasn't going to be the right guy. And this, the timing didn't line up. Right. Uh, was a big part of it. So I'm glad... We, you know, the second record was Tom Warman. It made sense. Sure. It just sometimes things just happen right. for a reason. Well, yeah, I think he got up on stage and played Strutter with you guys. Yeah. Must and we crazy. played a half step down, so he was like, you know, oh, he really? could, yeah. So we had to like adjust everything. Yeah. It was, like, was it as humid and hot as it looks like it in the video? Totally. It looks like it was hot as fuck at that show. I felt like I was playing in mud yeah. because, yeah. The, the, you know, I was just so freaked out with right. that amount of people. I was like, holy fuck. I think uh, CeCe was a big KISS fan. I remember an interview with him talking about Paul getting on stage with you guys, and he said, well, I'll just say that as far as my nerves go, it's a good thing I was wearing brown pants that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be a thrill, though. I mean, you guys grow up That's as hero, KISS fans. Yeah. You know, you talk about your jazz swing kind of drumming. That's got to come a little bit from Peter Chris, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and Fuck, man, we had Jimmy Page come up with it. I mean, we've no had kidding. some people fucking that. come up. It's like crazy when that happens. It's, that's surreal. Yeah, it is. Wow, that's awesome. It's uh, awesome. Uh, so then we go to Play Dirty. Love is, it. Is Jimmy's Bar and Grill a real place? It is. It's not It's not as tough as you think it is. Okay. It's just place in... I don't even know if it's still there in Mechanicsburg, but when you're like 12 years old uh-huh. and you go there... And the 15-year-old kids are hanging out, mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes. They'll fuck you up if, if you... I mean, for, I mean, it's a redneck town, man. People oh, really? want to kick your ass. And I, I got my ass kicked there, and Brett did too. And I said, well, we got to write about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. so that was a big inspiration part of fun. Yeah. It's, um, a, yeah. it's a great yeah. guitar riff, too. Oh, yeah. Shooting in the pool Treating the players The people's playing cool 
So we took a little bit of inspiration from that, and then and kind of embellished it for right. a little bit. You know? Part of the kind of the vibe and attitude of it reminds me a little bit of Thin Lizzy, like kind of like the boys are totally, yeah. yeah, yeah, it does yeah. have that vibe. Yeah, yeah very, yeah. Because Phil line it like to write, write a lot about rumbling and fighting, and right? Getting yeah. Drunk and, you know, beating each other up. Yeah. So I always wondered if that was a little bit. Of the, and that's another thing about the East Coast: you just grow up. Figuring out how to, I mean, I guess that's fast. everywhere. I don't know. But. You grew up fast. Yeah. It's a much faster pace. Yeah. And then uh, look what the cat dragged in, which uh, for the, I guess the longest time has been your opening song for most most of them. You know, I was talking about this today. Um, uh-huh. <clears throat> I, uh, you know, we built all our own shit mm-hmm. back in the day. You know, we drag spare tires on stage and spray paint shit and everything like that. When I went to see the play Cats, I actually won tickets. And I mean, here I am, this kid that couldn't afford a pack of cigarettes, and I'm going to see Cats. Right? <laughs> and I was so inspired by that how that how they built that staging. I'm like, how fucking. So I'm like, guys, this is fuck. We got to tie this in somehow with with this whole idea. So we got this thing where we dressed these girls up like cats uh-huh. and had a bag, and they dragged Brett out to the to the front uh-huh. you know what I mean like uh, for the first song for the opening we'd start and they'd oh, okay. drag them out I'm like you know cat dragged in you know right. put the cat dragged in and uh that's what it came from, and we'd have all this shit. I'm like, let's just put junk all over the stage. We can't afford anything nice, so we <laughs> yeah, just rip up trash. pieces of paper and just make it look trashy, like an alley. Like you you're know? laying in a back alley, it's yeah. Raggedy clothes, yeah. And glitter, and it's like that. Right? Yeah, we just it's went sleazy. for that. It just, it yeah. just worked, you know. Look what the cat dragged, and you know, we're fucking yeah. a mess, right? Exactly. And uh, and it, so we just, you know, and then with the, you know, I was inspired by cats a little bit, right? And I embellished that with the guys, That's you cool. know. And I'm like, guys, I'm telling you, this is the way to go because we don't need anything expensive. You were know? they receptive right off, or were they like? Oh uh, yeah, they mind. were. And also, there was a band called the Brooklyn Brats. Do you remember them? I remember that. They had like a wall that was sprayed. And we're like, let's incorporate that. We just took it from everything. Sure. You know, all every. That's cool. Let's put that in. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it's cool, but it doesn't fit. But that does, you know. Right. So you cool. know, that's just right. how we went about it. And the lyrics, I'm sure, are very autobiographical, mm. especially for the time. Just going totally. out partying, That's, making a home. Exactly. Yeah. We didn't have any money. We didn't have, be, you know, beautiful cars. We didn't have money to spend. We didn't have anything. So we wrote about it like we did. Because it, it, it's just like, you know, a lot of times when people have it okay in their life, mm-hmm. they write about how downtrodden they are. But when you really don't have anything, you write about how wonderful it could be. Right, and that's right. what we were doing. You know what I mean? It's like, unfortunately, we couldn't go out and party every night. Later that happened because we were like fulfilling our dreams, right? But 
Um, but yeah, when we were writing those songs, they were wish lists. <laughs> you know, gotcha. I mean, we were living the dream in, in our own way. Right. You know, but I mean, it was a shitty van, and it was mm. you know a fucking shitty place that we lived. And but still, you know, we dress up and we were rock stars to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people came to see us, and it grew. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So. It, we just embellished these dreams, you know, that we put That's into probably song. why it connected so much with kids in the Midwest and, you know, other places. Because I remember hearing Poison and the lyrics and the image and everything and thinking, there's more to this world than what I'm seeing here in my small hometown in central Wisconsin, you know. Right, there's, right. There's something else out here. And it, because you guys were singing about, you know, trying, reaching for something, trying to achieve something that's outside of your normal realm. I think maybe that had a lot to do with the success of it because it spoke to guys like us that were kids going... Rock stars were superheroes when yeah, I was growing up. totally. I wanted to be a superhero, so you write superhero lyrics, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, it's, you know, it's like, I mean, I'm from, we're from small town. I mean, sure. Cece's from Brooklyn, but I mean, we're from small towns where it's like, mm-hmm. it wasn't... People did not pat you on the back if you said, I want to be a rock star. They right. Yeah. Sure. You know, now go fucking bust your fucking table. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, that's... Right. And it was like, I mean, that's, you know, Brett, Brett was a busboy, which is why we put that little part in uh, Nothing But A Good Time. By yeah. The way. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's when I met him. He was a busboy. Right. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> you know... Well, that's like the the bigness of rock stars. It's kind of a it's kind of a antiquated thing these days. You don't. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's the trend anymore. It's a shame. Oh, everybody's like all shucks about it. You yeah, know? it's all I, about being. I'm a rock star, but now. I don't really want to be. But yet I kind of have this. We were unabashedly about it. We loved yeah. the fucking pageantry of it. Of course. You know what I mean? Right. But I mean, I didn't grow up going. I want to be a rock star so I can have a Porsche. I woke up. Every day, wanted to be a rock star so I could have a big drum kit and a big PA. That's yeah. what the fuck I wanted. Put on you know what I mean? Yeah. If guys, I'd go see a concert, and at the end of the night, I was like, man, those guys are getting laid right now. Yeah. I right. want that shit. Yeah. Right. You know what That's I mean? That's what it was about. It's like, you yeah, know, because nobody likes me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> And now, Deep Thoughts with Tommy Lee. What color panties are you wearing? Coca-Cola and the Kentucky Derby Festival welcome the Derby Champs. Starring Poison. Friday night, May 5th, live at Freedom Hall. The Super Octane Rock and Roll of Poison. Ultimate post time party. In one night, virtually everything you can play on a rock and roll stage. Friday night, May 5th at Freedom Hall. Poison with special guest Tesla. Reserve seats now at the Freedom Hall box office and all Ticketron outlets. Charge at 503-367-0265 or 1-800-225-7337. The Derby Starry Voice, produced by Sunshine for the Kentucky Derby Festival and Coca-Cola.
Want to be a member of the Decibel Geek Army? You slimy scumbag, get on your face and give me 25. Join us on our fan page at facebook.com slash decibelgeek. Before we get back into our conversation with Mr. Rocket, we're going to go ahead and take care of a little business right here. i got to let you know about this. As always, awesome stuff this week over at HK Collectibles, Inc., including a 12-inch single for Quiet Riot's Metal Health. That's awesome. Talk about rare stuff. That's cool. A ticket to Motley Crue's Denver stop on the Dr. Feelgood tour. Were you there? Do you know somebody that was there? Yeah, Rock and Ron Runyon was probably there. He probably was there. Somebody needs to get that ticket for Rock and Ron Runyon. Put it in a nice glass case hanging up on the wall. It'll look so good. If he wasn't there, he'll be sad because every day it'll remind him that for whatever reason he missed that show. <laughs> so if you hate Rock and Ron, buy it for him anyway. And also this one, talk about something really cool and rare to have. He's got a ticket to the 1978 California Jam Festival. Holy yes. moly. Miss, total misuse of a time machine. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I'm going to do. That's the full-on heroin version of Aerosmith playing at that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, to see that live. That would be cool. All you got to do is head on over to HK Collectibles, Inc. by going to decibelgeek.com, hitting that banner. It's right up the top of the page. It says HK Collectibles on it. Take you straight there. It's your Amazon shopping headquarters is decibelgeek.com. Why? Because we've got our Amazon banner there as well. What you do is you're doing your Amazon shopping. Head on over to decibelgeek.com first. Check out all the awesome articles and reviews and photos and things that are coming in on the website all the time from our amazing rock journalists all over the world, amazing rock photographers. You're probably just getting back from checking out the uh, Decibel Geek TV on YouTube Rock and Ron Runyon's got that thing fired up, busting out brand new videos all the time. We're everywhere, man. We're everywhere. But it all begins at decibelgeek.com. Click on that Amazon banner after, of course, you bought yourself a t-shirt and donated so you can help out the Rock and Pod Expo. Yeah, and if, yeah. You, if you fast-forwarded through that part, go back after you finish this and listen to that. Just humor us. Just we, please. We gave you a cool episode this week. Just go back and listen to it and help out. <laughs> dig in those pockets, please. Just in case you skipped forward five times with that little button to get through all that. Maybe we'll pull it out. Ralph and Ian are thinking about pulling and We'll go on strike until we make, meet the goal. Oh, man. I don't want to go on strike. I don't either, so I don't miss this too much. No, I would do. Cut to the chase. Yeah. Amazon.com through our link takes there do your shopping costs you nothing extra helps us out gives us the list yeah we get a cool list of stuff that you guys buy every week and there was so much stuff bought this this week that I didn't even know where to begin on a list so I'm just going to mention a few things that stand out because it was a really good week especially for music too Um, for music stuff uh, somebody bought some Fender stainless flat flat wound bass string so that's pretty cool heck yeah Um, somebody uh, bought a uh, HP LaserJet printer that wasn't cheap thank you uh, somebody bought The Last Dragon on Blu-ray. Do you ever see The Last Dragon? Last Dragon. It was basically a black kung fu movie from the 80s. Vanity oh, was the, okay. like, the, the, the love interest yeah, in it. Yeah. And the main character's name was Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> if you've never seen it, it's really a great, great movie to watch. It's so cheesy, it's awesome. It sounds awesome. And then, uh, so for music, it was bought some interesting things that were bought. Somebody bought The Unquestionable Truth Part 1 and Gold Cobra by Limp Biscuit. Okay. I actually used to dig them. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, somebody bought All Systems Go by Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Right on. Uh, somebody bought Slash's Apocalyptic Love and World on Fire. 
That's, that's good stuff. Cool. I prefer five o'clock somewhere, but that's yeah. all good stuff. Uh, somebody went on some Def Leppard purchases. They got High and Dry, Pyromania, and On Through the Night. Those are the good ones. Uh, someone bought uh, both of the uh, Crowbot albums, Something Supernatural and Welcome to Fat City. Right on. That's awesome. Ghost Meliora. Still can't figure out why people like them, but hey, thanks for shopping. Uh, Tesla Mechanical Resonance Live was bought. I was just listening to that studio album the other day. Those are amazing songs. Yeah, and actually I just ran into Troy Lucetta last weekend. He, we may have, be having him on the show soon. Oh, I'll tell you about cool. that off mic. Right on. Uh, and then uh, closing things out, Inglorious on Gatefold Vinyl was bought. So, yes, hey, we're doing our jobs. So uh, yeah, that just yeah. Thank you, thank, thank you, you so thank much. you. And you know whether it's Poison, whether it's Look What the Cat Dragged In, whether it's one of the bands we played last week on Fresh Blood. These are all rock and roll bands. They're all out there trying to make it. We want them to continue to make music. So it's our job to support them. As always, support the artists, support the rock and roll. Let's keep it alive. Are you ready to get back and wrap this up? Here's more with Ricky. She got Blame it on you. This is one that I hear the most Aerosmith influence in this. Yeah, yeah there is a lot there. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, when you listen to it, you've got the lead guitar. The solo part is kind of going from ear to ear. I'm, did CC just double track that, or was somebody else playing with it? Yeah, I think I think so. I yeah. think uh, yes, he did. Okay. Yeah, that was layered. That's a that's a great song, and that's it's one. An amazing that, that, song. It's a kind of a hidden gem on the album. It doesn't. It is because it's got a nice groove. You yeah, know what oh, I mean? man, the groove is so heavy in that. And you know, I'm not a drummer, so I don't know how to really describe what I'm hearing. But when I hear the drums on that song, it's it, to me, it's almost like with the tempo, the the drums are almost off tempo to the point where they're almost sliding off the backbeat, you know, and I don't right. know, like I said, I'm not a drummer, yeah, I don't know how to really it. describe it right, but... That's the way Bonham plays. It's like a counter right, rhythm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's if it was even like a millimeter of a second difference on there, the whole song would be fucked up, but because it's hitting right on that last, the absolute last moment that that beat could possibly freaking hit, it's got that groove man there's something that song has always Thank spoke you. to me I because of the drums on that song i like the to way sit, i like to sit just right behind the clip yeah yeah almost flam off of it you know what right. I mean? it's it just feels greasier that way yeah yeah you know it's I mean? like you, you're tapping mm-hmm. your head but you almost feel like it's off but nope nope it's it's right there yeah know? we do shine you know mm-hmm. by collective soul right. i grease the shit out of that yeah like, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of like your 70s influence coming in, and only a handful of the 80s bands that got big would do it. Mm-hmm. Adler did it with guns. He did. You know, yeah. but but it was a lot, a lot of that robo-drumming. Like, we wanted yeah. you to sound like a like a drum machine. Right. But when you could bring that little, that, I don't want, not for lack of a better term, sloppy, sloppier, right. but, but more swagger. Yeah, I got you. Right. It just... It just tastes better. I don't know if that makes right, sense. It, yeah. it audib- audibly tastes better. Right. And it aged better, too. Because the robo-drumming stuff from the 80s, you hear it now and you're like, 1986. Right, yeah. It's too perfect. 
it just sounds so dated now. Right. But Aerosmith from the 70s never sounds dated. Right. right. And with a band like I just spent a little time like with Poison. Joey Kramer, too, oh, did you? recently. Well, that yeah. dude's a monster. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just, he doesn't know. I mean, I was like, Joey, you're not going to know the influence you had on me. I'm not. Right. I can sit here and tell you. Yeah. Uh, for two hours. Right. I'm sitting there with him and Mick Fleetwood. I mean, it was like oh, a, wow. a moment. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, uh, yeah, it was a whole thing. Wow. It was at a funeral. Oh wow! And uh, so I'm like, yeah, I'm standing, I'm standing here with Joey Kramer and Mick Fleetwood. This happens all the time. Not, you know. <laughs> That's and, pretty cool. It's yeah. very cool. Wow. But I was, I was like, I was like, yeah, you don't get it. You're never gonna get it. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, I just know that you, there's no way you can understand well, the, can how much that you know i said that ride man that bell the ride man. that's why yeah. i play my ride yeah. like that you know because of you and it's, even though it's a later era song the drum part for loving an elevator is just fantastic yeah yeah especially right after the solo the yeah he dances on that fucker you're sitting on he's putting on a show all by himself in that song it's crazy um the next song is my favorite. You messengered me? I got a message for you, Bob. Okay. Bob Kelly. Kelly Kelleher. Who? Kelly Kelleher. He was Aerosmith's tour manager. Uh-huh. Back in the day. Tell Ricky I said hello. When I was working with Adam Bomb, we did a couple of shows with them. Oh, okay. Adam yeah. Bomb sees his body. Yeah. 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 Oh, tell him hi. Yeah. yeah. So the number one bad boy is my favorite song on the record. Love it. And like I know you get the hits off of it, but the the riff on this song, this is I think this was one of those that should have been a single. We do sometimes we'll do shows called should have been a single and yeah. pick songs we thought that the record company may have missed out on. This song would have been a great single in my opinion. So much attitude in that it song. It was. Yeah, it would have been. Um, you know, some of those lyrics were actually inspired by James Brown. Really? Okay, yes. now, I'm, now I'm intrigued. Yeah. How did that go? Uh, I'm trying to think of... Um, what you I'm heard about me was probably what, right. Is that, that uh, sounds like something no, he would have said. Um, I'm trying to think of which ones... Like, we didn't steal any of the lyrics, but right. they were just inspired. We were like, it just... Um, uh, because of their music, I can't hear it no, in my yeah. head. Playing. Yeah. Um, there's like a get back, not get back. We know he doesn't say that. It, it's there's like a James Brown part in it. Okay. I'd have to play it because I right. can't. I can't hear it in my head. I got other all these other songs in my head, right. and I'm hearing them. Yeah. Yeah. Parts of it, uh, the riff uh, parts, uh, remind me of uh, "I Want You" by Kiss. The part huh. where kind of like the yeah. I don't know if we were thinking about that one. No, it's just what I hear when I hear. Um do you remember who did the gang vocals on that? Like who the people who all of us? Yeah, just the band. I don't know if you yeah. brought in other people from outside. No. This album was one of those that Timothy B. Schmidt from the Eagles wound up singing background. No, that was he sang some backgrounds on Open Up and Say Off. Okay. Oh. 
I had a, I remember he said he worked with Corey. Yeah. That's some trivia I never knew. Yeah, he mentions it in the Eagles documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Right um, That's cool. Let, it wraps up with "Let Me Go to the Show," which has a. This kind of sounds like almost like an homage. Oh, number one bad boy. Let's go back to yeah, that for just a boy. second because I wanted to tell you something. Sure. So we the day before we went in and Browdy was up my ass to play that exactly to a click, right? Uh-huh. And for some reason we just I couldn't hear it right. It was just I'd get partway through the song and it would fall off the wagon, you know. Mm-hmm. And because uh, it's just it's it, the the tempo's not very fast and the click was a, yeah. just a. I mean, one of these clicks. It wasn't even like a counter rhythm or yeah. anything. It was very static. Like metronome. So, um, so I came in that morning, and Bobby had put down a bass track, mm-hmm. okay, scratch track, but it was in time. Mm-hmm. And I said, can you run that? I want to rehearse it. Yeah. And so Jim goes, yeah, sure, you know. So he ran it and stuff like that. And, and I came in. And I said, yeah, did the guys get here yet? He goes, congratulations, you just nailed that fucking track. He goes, I recorded it. Nice. I'm like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, it was fucking great. I'm like, awesome. I just played it to the bass. Are you sure all the stuff? He goes, yeah, you remembered it exactly. There was no guitar. I recorded it to Bobby's pre-recorded bass and to a clip. It's got a great groove to it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was just, it just man. worked that way. <laughs> That's you know? the power of the rhythm. So they came in and go, oh, let's start this song. And Jim's like, it's already done. And they're like, okay, cool, you know? Okay. Yeah, so. So Browdy yeah. didn't give you a hard time over it? He was no, no, it? he loved it. Okay, cool. Awesome. So then uh, let me go to the show. This almost kind of has like an like an early, like an homage to early Boogie Woogie stuff, kind of Bo Diddley-ish right. sound to it. I mean, was, that what you, was that what you guys were going for? I'm very influenced by Johnny Winter. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of rock and roll boogie yeah. rhythm and blues, Boogie Woogie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that was my chance to kind of dance on that a little bit. Mama, please, let me go to the show. He definitely goes oh, yeah. that way. It's like a lot of fun. That's yeah, cool. Chuck Garrick is here playing tonight. Yeah. Former guest of the show. You guys know him. So, uh, don't mean to keep thing, getting another thing about this song is I, I hope you guys realize the, the, how poorly you influence young men all across America <laughs> when we were kids. <laughs> to do bad things. To hear stuff like that and be like, yeah, you know, that's, that's what I want. They, that's what I want. want to get out the window and shimmy down the tree and go to a concert. They, they, my they, mom and dad's wishes. How you doing, buddy? Brandon just called me and said that uh, he wanted to make sure you were getting ready for the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got ready to start. Um, yeah, what time almost, is it? We're almost finished. 953. Um, yeah, I was like, uh, I, they asked me my input on some of the merch. I said, yeah, poison, you know, ruining the youth's life for 30 years. You know, yeah. like, oh, totally. You turning, good, turning good men into like wannabe rock stars. Right. Terrible rock, influences you know. on us. Yeah. We thank yeah. you for it. <laughs> uh, last question. Uh, on the reissue that, get, that was put out, there's the You Don't Mess Around with Jim cover by Jim Proji. Where did that come from? We just tried it, and it, at the time it didn't work. And was it I in still the think it doesn't before? work. I think it's an amazing song. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I like it. I love your version it's of it, too. It's kind of cool, but it it just, cool. the it's shuffle didn't out. feel quite right. It just didn't really gel, so we kind of left it off. And right. They're like, you know, we're not going to give you the budget to keep going and try to make it work. Yeah. And 
there's enough songs and that was it. So oh, okay. we went, okay. So it went to the vault. So it was an know? experiment, basically. Yeah. So it wasn't part of the set list normally or anything like that? No. No, we never did it again. Oh, and before people, I get crucified, we, we missed one song. We've Well, Talk Dirty to Me, we've gone into. Um, Want Some, Need Some, we didn't talk about. Love that song, too. Um, who wrote the lyrics on that? Do you remember? You know, Brad would write stuff, and we'd all throw stuff in. I threw stuff in a lot yeah. at that time. I was always sitting with him and right. giving him input, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we do the input right at rehearsal. Right. Um, CZ never really was always musical melodically and yeah. riff-wise, but not so much lyrically. Right. You know what I mean? And Bobby's a really good arranger. Mm-hmm. He really is. Bobby's doesn't get credit for it. Right. Um, he can take a five-minute song and make it a three-and-a-half-minute song and it feel like a he hit. He knows how to trim the fat. Yeah, he yeah. does. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I don't like it. I'm like, come on, man. You know, <laughs> and, and, and then later I'll go, God, I don't even know what... I can't even imagine what that song was like the right. other way now. Yeah. But uh, but I would sit a lot with Brett with the lyrics. Yeah. You know? um, uh, and I'm trying to remember really what we were thinking at the time. Um, you know, I think it's just a really. That's a song that starts. Um, uh, every, I, I remember. Okay, I do remember now. On my twenty-first birthday, okay, I asked this girl that, and I had never dated this girl. I asked her if she would go out with me on my twenty-first birthday. Brad had a girl. Everybody had somebody. This girl fucking stood me up on my birthday. Right? Oh, man. And I remember, you know, everybody has someone, I want someone too. And yeah. I was thinking that lyric and I That's really fed cool. Brett that lyric. So that, it just dawned on me. So thank nice. you. No problem. Rattling me. Why the, uh... I think they it's were like sitting in the studio and we're like, yeah, let's just fucking throw this in somehow. It's a cool yeah. way to end it. But yeah, I, I, I think that's like, all it was about. It's yeah. just like, let's just do something random. It's almost and, kind of a Bob Ezrin type idea. Yeah, right, yeah, I know. Yeah, right? Some bells yeah. in at the end of the yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. Instead of a calliope like Kiss did. Right. <laughs> but, uh, well, uh, well, George Martin, it all came from George Martin anyway, right? Of course, all know? of it did. You know, we're here in Nash, based out of Nashville. You know, this is the perfect place to be nowadays. You know, it's almost like the new Sunset Strip. Everybody from there is moving to Nashville, so we have all so many people that we can talk to. One person that we always love to talk to here in Nashville is Michael Wagner. Oh, and, uh, yeah. 
uh, we asked Michael Wagner one time when we were interviewing him if he ever had any regrets in his in his career in rock and roll, and he mentioned this album because he mixed it. Yes, and he didn't take points. He, he just, didn't yes. take points. Right. He took the cash. Right. He yep. said to this day he kicks himself for not taking yeah. the points. I know. I've heard that story before. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you knew yeah. or not. Well, we want to thank you for taking the time to do, uh, do this. Right on. Yeah. you got to get on the stage. Thank but you. It's... And thank you for creating this album, you know, and, and basically for helping create us and what we do. Because without this album, I don't know that we'd be doing these, these wow. kind of interviews. Big the way part we of Too kind. Hey, this is Ricky Rocket from Poison and the Devil City Angels, and you're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. You know I never, I never seen you look so good. You never act the way you should. But I like it. And I know you like it too. The way that I want you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 